0: So this morning what we're going to do is we're going to look into a scripture from the second part of the Bible, the New Testament. It's the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, and I'll be reading verses 29 through 30. El texto es Lucas 10, del 29 al 37, and uh, the page numbers there on the screen are... Uh, connected to those Bibles uh, in the back that they, they will help you. The page numbers will help you to find it. La pagina indica donde está el texto. I'm going to be reading this first in English and then I'll read in Spanish from this, this conversation. To set the context here, this is a conversation between Jesus and a Jewish legal expert or an expert in Jewish religious law. Es una conversación entre Jesús y un experto de la ley judía. So they're having this conversation. And this is what God's word says. Uh, It says, but he, that is the Jewish legal expert, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Pero él, el experto en la ley, quería justificarse, así que le preguntó a Jesús, ¿Y quién es mi prójimo? Jesús respondió, Bajaba un hombre de Jerusalén a Jericó y cayó en manos de unos ladrones. Le quitaron la ropa, lo golpearon y se fueron dejándolo medio muerto. Resulta que viajaba por el mismo camino un sacerdote quien al verlo se desvió y siguió de largo. Así también llegó a aquel lugar un levita y al verlo se desvió y siguió de largo. Pero un samaritano que iba de viaje llegó a donde estaba el hombre y viéndolo se compadeció de él. Se acercó, le curó las heridas con vino y aceite y se las vendó. Luego lo montó sobre su propia cabalgadura... Lo llevó a un alojamiento y lo cuidó. Al día siguiente, sacó dos monedas de plata y se las dio al dueño del alojamiento. «Cuídemelo», le dijo, «y lo que gaste usted de más, se lo pagaré cuando yo vuelva». «¿Cuál de esos tres piensas que demostró ser el prójimo del que cayó en manos de los ladrones?» «El que se compadeció de él», contestó el experto en la ley. «Anda entonces y haz tú lo mismo», concluyó Jesús. So the story we've just read, uh, this parable, I think is, is uh, something that many people are familiar with, obviously, muchos, aun que no son cristianos son familiarizados con esa parábola. Even those who uh, would not say that they are Christian would say that they have some uh, knowledge of this story of Jesus called the Good Samaritan. Uh, in fact, um, you may know, every single state in the Union, every single state has on its law uh, books a law called a Good Samaritan law. Hay una ley, la ley del buen samaritano en cada estado. What does that mean? It's a law that protects uh, people who give first aid in cases of emergency. If you're just a stranger and, and there's an emergency and you help out, you're protected from being sued for any type of problem that would result. Es una protección para los que ayuden en primeros socorro a los necesitados para que no les pongan pleito. We also talk about a Good Samaritan in our everyday speech as someone who's, you know, a kind or helpful stranger that may stop and do something for you. A good Samaritan can be someone who helps you fix a tire, uh, someone who maybe gives you some directions where to go, or maybe even somebody who feeds a parking meter for you, or something like that. Un samaritano es una persona que ayuda a alguien más, con una o con algún problema. So that's familiar language to us. A good Samaritan, in our understanding, is a good person. It's a kind and helpful person who goes out of their way to help other people, demás, and, and really the idea is that that's who we're supposed to be, right? We're all supposed to be good Samaritans, and in fact, that's kind of the traditional reading here of Jesus' parable. The traditional reading that you come away with is that, well, Jesus is telling this parable, we're all supposed to be good Samaritans, so we should... Be going out of our way to help other people. La perspectiva tradicional es que debemos ayudar a los demás, como el buen samaritano aquí, que somos nosotros, el buen samaritano. Now, I tell you this, and as I tell you this, I also need to open up a little bit and tell you that I have struggled with that over the years. I've struggled with that understanding of this parable. Let me tell you why. Because you see, when I can do this, I feel pretty good. Puedo a más, me bien. When, when I can kind of go out of my way and help a person on the side of the road of life and give them a helping hand, you know what, I, yeah, I feel pretty good about myself. Uh, but what about those times when I can't? You know, there's, that, that happens quite a bit. There are times when I can't help someone who needs help. A veces no puedo ayudar a alguien que necesita ayuda. And when that happens, I don't feel very good and uh, when i don't want to help someone and that happens too i just simply don't want to do it i feel worse i'm mean, like what kind of a person am i And ni quiero ayudar a la me siento peor so so every time that that i fail to show compassion or every time that i'm in a hurry and i don't have the time or I don't have the money, or I don't have whatever's needed to help that person on uh, along, and I pass by that person. This parable seems to be right there in my face, you know, to show me how far I fall short of the mark. Cada vez que no tengo la compasión o el dinero y tiempo para ayudar a alguien, esta parábola me condena. I mean, you know, I, I think about it. I'm the priest. I'm the Levite who's passing by that poor person, and I don't care about them, or I just can't find a way to help them. Yo me siento como el el sacerdote, que de largo a esa persona. But here's the reality, too, that I've I've had to struggle with. Maybe you've struggled with it, too. That's why I'm sharing it. The reality is, I'm limited. God's unlimited, but I'm not. I I, I just can't. I'm not Rich enough? I'm not smart enough. I don't have all the abilities in the world. I mean, I, I'm just lacking in what is needed here. I'm not caring enough. Let's just put it out there. No, no soy, uh, no tengo la compasión, el dinero, el tiempo para hacer esto. And so, if the idea of this parable is you must at every turn. Always do everything for everyone with everything you've got, always, or you're a schmuck. You know what? I can't do that. See, si the punto es que yo necesito ayudar a todos siempre, yo no puedo hacer esto. And so I'm stuck. I feel stuck at times in, in failure. And stuck in guilt, right? I estoy con la culpabilidad y me siento como un fracaso. Well, this morning I would like to open us up to a different reading of this parable. I'd like us to take a different view of this. And I I believe that there is a way to read this parable that, that will open us up not to guilt, but to grace. That will open us up not to condemnation, but to the gospel, the good news, after all, that's what Jesus came to preach, right? He came to preach good news. And I think this way of looking at this parable can also open us up to what we call sunrise family value number five, and that's what we're looking at in this series, so we begin with the story itself. There's this Jewish lawyer, and he comes to Jesus with an important question. The question is, is the question that's on all of our hearts. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Debo hacer para heredar la vida eterna? Pregunta el experto en la ley a Jesús. And it's interesting to note, Jesus doesn't give a straight answer. He doesn't answer the question. He simply turns it back on the man and says, well, what do you see in the Bible? What does the Jewish law tell you? The Torah. ¿Qué te dice el Torah o la ley judía? That's in verse 27. He says, you know, what is it? And the expert in the law, well, he knows what the answer is. He says, well, you're supposed to love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. Ama Dios con todo y a tu prójimo como a ti mismo. And Jesus says, yep, that's what it says. That's right. All you have to do is do that. And you'll live forever. Si lo haces, vas a vivir para siempre. Simple, right? But then in verse 27, or verse 29, rather, it says that this man, this lawyer, wanted to justify himself. Quería justificarse el experto de la ley. He wanted to justify asking this question, but he also, I think, wanted something more. He wanted to justify himself in the sense that he wanted to find a way to be able to do this so that he could be justified, made right with God, and inherit eternal life. And so he asked Jesus, All right. Who, then, is my neighbor? I mean, if I have to do everything for everybody all the time with all I've got, I mean, this is really, really hard, Jesus. Es muy difícil. If you can tell me who my real neighbor is, maybe I can just focus on those people. And, and maybe there's a way to actually do this thing. And I can actually live out this commandment and inherit eternal life. Si me dices, ¿quién es mi prójimo de verdad, a lo mejor puedo seguir esto y vivir para siempre. Again, Jesus doesn't answer the man's question directly. In the true form of a Jewish rabbi, Jesus answers his question, who is my neighbor, with a story. Contesta con una parábola. So there was a man going down to Jerus- from Jerusalem to Jericho. We don't know why. Maybe on business. Who knows? And a gang of thieves attacks him. They jump him. They rob him. They beat him. They leave him half dead. Una pandilla de ladrones. Lo atacan y después lo dejan medio muerto. Then there's, of course, the Jewish priest who comes by. And the Jewish priest sees the man, but he's got a problem. The law tells the Jewish priest to help him out but the law also tells him something else. It says don't touch a dead body or you will become unclean and if if this man's dead he can't do anything. La ley le dice al sacerdote ayudar al hombre pero también le dice no toques un cadáver. And so the priest decides not to come nearby. The word neighbor in just about every language means Someone who is nearby. He decides not to become a neighbor, to go nearby. No se aproxima al sacerdote para hacerse prójimo. He passes by. Sigue de largo. Same thing with a Levite, a, a Jewish religious worker comes along. Same type of dynamic seems to be going on. This guy, maybe he's on his way to work, to work at a at a synagogue or a temple. Who knows? Un levite que pasa en camino a su trabajo. He sees this man. If he touches this guy, he's out a week's worth of pay. Because he can't work if he's unclean. Si lo toca, es muerto, es impuro no puede trabajar. He doesn't come nearby. He doesn't become a neighbor. No se aproxima para hacerse próximo a este hombre. Passes by on the other side. Sigue de largo. And then there's this man who's a Samaritan. It's was a Samaritano. We need to understand the Samaritans were part Jew, part Gentile, mixed race. Eran en parte judíos y en parte gentiles. They lived in a certain region in the northern part of, of the, the country of Israel, and they did not subscribe to the whole Bible. No leían toda la Biblia. They only believed in the first five books, and they were despised by the Jews. Los men los judíos. They, they just couldn't stand these people. They were, they were unclean. They were outsiders. They were really rejected. Eran rechazados estos. He comes along, and when he sees the man... He's not filled with doubt, and he's not filled with rules. He's filled with compassion. no de reglas, sino de compasión. Literally, it says he's moved in his gut. That's what that means. Está conmovido en sus entrañas. He's moved in his gut with concern. And so he goes over to the man, and he binds up his wounds with oil and wine. He puts them on his, uh, his beast of burden, takes him to a place where he can have lodging, and he even provides for the man's future needs. He goes out of his way. Él se sale de su rutina para vendar sus heridas, llevarlo alojamiento y hasta proveer sus necesidades futuras. Now, Jesus comes to the end of this story, and he, he says, basically, who's the neighbor in this story? Who's the one who comes nearby? ¿Quién es el prójimo que se aproxima? Now, isn't it interesting? The lawyer wanted to know who is my neighbor. Who am I supposed to get near to? ¿Quién es mi prójimo? Preguntó el, el experto de la ley. Jesus doesn't answer that question. He asks another question. Who's acting like a neighbor here? ¿Quién es el que se porta como si fuera un prójimo? And, of course, the answer we know is what? It's the Samaritan, right? He's the one who comes nearby. Es el, es el Samaritano el que se aproxima. But now we need to ask ourselves, all right, that's the one. He's the neighbor. But, but who does the Samaritan represent for you and me? ¿Quién es el Samaritano para nosotros? The Samaritan cannot be the representative of religion. No representa la religión. That's... Who the priest, right? The priest is the representative of religion. El sacerdote representa la religión. Religion tells you what you're supposed to do, but it doesn't give you the ability to do it. That's what religion is. La religión te dice qué hacer, pero no te da capacidad de hacerlo. It says help your neighbor, oh, but don't touch dead bodies. Right? It leaves you with your hands tied. What? How do I do this? Te dice, ama a tu prójimo, pero no toques cadáveres. So the good Samaritan is not the representative of religion. He's not even, I think, a representative of good people. Tampoco representa los buenos. I think that's the Levite. The Levite's the good person here. He was a good guy on his way to work, maybe. A decent, upstanding citizen. El Levita es un buen hombre, buen ciudadano. And as we all know, there's this unwritten rule out there for us, right? At least in our society. What is it? Good people don't get involved in messes like this. No se meten los buenos en, personas, en situaciones así. So the good Samaritan is not the representative of religion, not even the representative of good, moral, upstanding people. Who is the good Samaritan? ¿Quién es el Samaritano? Well, I think in order to answer that question, we need to figure out who's the guy who got robbed. ¿Quién es el hombre robado? What if the man who was beaten and robbed is us the somos that it we y that are the robbed, that because of sin, we sin been we been beaten that Estamos golpeados por el pecado. In fact, in the book of John, Jesus talks about the devil and says, the devil comes to do what? To steal, kill, and destroy. El diablo viene a robar, matar, y destruir. We've been beaten up, and we've been, we've been robbed by sin. Sin leaves us half dead, the Bible says. El pecado nos deja medio muertos. Sin leaves us physically alive, but spiritually dead. Cut off from God. Cut off from all hope of living. Estamos separados espiritualmente de Dios, aunque estemos vivos. Por el pecado estamos medio muertos. You see, if the waylaid man in this story is us, sinners who've been beaten up and robbed and kicked to the side of life by sin, that would make the good Samaritan Jesus. When Samaritano seria Jesus. If we look at the Bible... And the message of the scriptures, it is very clear from scripture that Jesus is this outsider who has come from afar to be near to you and me, to be, in effect, our neighbor. Jesús es el extranjero que llegó de cerca para estar con nosotros, se aproximó a nosotros para ser nuestro prójimo. Think about that. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it talks about Jesus. It says, even though he was God, he did not consider equality with God something to hang on to. Aunque era Dios, no consideró ser igual a Dios como algo a que aferrarse. But instead, what did Jesus do? Even though he was God in resplendent glory, he made himself nothing. And he came down to be near to you and me in the form of a servant being made in human likeness. Se rebajó voluntariamente tomando la naturaleza de siervo y haciéndose semejante a los seres humanos. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself all the way down to becoming obedient to death on a cross. Se rebajó y estando en forma de hombre, se rebajó y se hizo obediente hasta la muerte de cruz. Jesus is that outsider who's come down near to you and me to give himself up for those who are beaten and bruised by sin. Él para los pecadores golpeados por el pecado. There's another scripture that I think also relates us to this, which is found in, in the Old Testament. It's called it's Isaiah 53, at the end of verse 2, Isaiah 53, 2 and this is spoken centuries before Jesus came. It's a prophecy about the Messiah or the Christ. Es una profecía acerca del Mesías. And this is what it says. It says he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. No había en él belleza ni majestad alguna. Ni Su aspecto no era atractivo y nada en su apariencia lo hacía deseable. It says he was despised and rejected by men. Despreciado y rechazado por los hombres. Kind of sounds like what? A Samaritan. He was an outsider, a man of sufferings. It says he was despised and we esteemed him not. Todos evitaban mirarlo, fue despreciado y no lo estimamos. And yet he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. And el, ciertamente cargó con nuestras enfermedades, soportó nuestros dolores. We considered him stricken by God. We considered him cursed by God. Pensamos que era como golpeado por Dios. But here's the thing the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds we are healed. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Sobre él recayó el castigo precio de nuestra paz, y gracias a sus heridas fuimos sanados. Really, that's the message of the scriptures, is that Jesus is that outsider. He's the good Samaritan who's come from afar, to come near to you and me, and to give himself up out of his great love and compassion. Por su compasión, Jesús es el que llegó próximo a nosotros para ser nuestro prójimo. And so if that's the case, if Jesus Christ has come from afar as the one who has given himself up for you and for me, that changes everything for we who have been beaten and left at the side of the road by sin. Nos cambia todo para los que hemos estado golpeados por el pecado. You see... His compassion, demonstrated to you and me, can now motivate us to have compassion for other people. Eso es lo que nos motiva a tener compasión de los demás. And this, I think, is what brings us to Sunrise Family Value number five. One of the convictions with which we started 20 years ago, Sunrise Family Value number five simply says we will go out of our way to reach lost people for Christ. Vamos a salir de nuestra rutina para alcanzar a las personas que necesitan a Cristo. This is talking about making it a, a, a lifestyle that we continually lean into of, of trying to reach out to people with physical and spiritual needs, people who need Jesus. Se trata alcanzar con, los, con necesidad física y espiritual para Jesús. And not just the people who are near us, Not just the people we like, the the, the so-called lovely people, the people in our neighborhoods or our friends and families. No solo alcanzar a los que son uh, gente buena y que que nos gusta, but it's reaching out to the ones that are far away, the untouchables, a los no tocables. And the reason we can be motivated to do this is not out of guilt, not out of out of of some need to justify ourselves, not out of the need to prove that we are worthy of eternal life. That's a terrible motivation. No vamos a hacerlo por por motivos de culpabilidad o para justificarnos o para ganar la vida eterna. No. No. It's because we have received compassion. We have received amazing grace that we can turn around and go out of our way to share that with other people. Como hemos recibido la gracia, podemos compartirla. Look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. If you can't get there, it'll be on the screen. 2 Corinthians 1. And there's this beautiful prayer that Paul offers up the early church leader Paul he says praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ alabado sea el Dios y Padre de nuestro Señor Jesucristo and then verse 4 he says he's the one who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God nos consuelan todas nuestras tribulaciones para que con el mismo consuelo que de Dios hemos recibido también podamos consolar a los que sufren I think, based on what the scriptures would tell us, the best way for us to go out of our way to reach people who need God is to fully appreciate how Jesus Christ has gone out of his way to reach us. Podemos salir de la rutina para ayudar a los que están lejos de Dios apreciando lo que Jesús hizo a salir de su rutina para llegar a nosotros. That's what I would call out-of-the-way living. Out-of-the-way living. Es una vida fuera de la rutina. Again, I go back to the parable. Jesus asks at the end of the parable in Luke 10, 36, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? de tres piensas que el prójimo del que cayó manos de los ladrones? And the expert in law can't even say Samaritan. He says the one who had mercy. El que se compadeció de él. Who's the neighbor? The one who had mercy. Who's had mercy? Jesus. Jesus is a good neighbor. El que su compasión es Jesús. And then it's on the basis of knowing who the good neighbor is. Jesus says, okay, the one who had mercy has had mercy on you. Go and do likewise. Anda, haz tú lo mismo. So we're invited by Jesus. We're invited, not, not guilted, not forced, but invited to go out of our way for people, not out of guilt or our obligation, but out of true thankfulness, out of true liberty. Jesus nos invita a tocar a otros con compasión, no por culpabilidad, sino por gratitud, por libertad. So I think the question then becomes, how can we live into this? How can we begin to make this happen more in our lives? ¿Cómo hacer esto? Well, the first thing I would say is we need to get in touch with God's amazing grace. That's the first step. primer paso es, es encontrar la gracia maravillosa de Dios. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your good Samaritan, if you've never allowed him to come into your life and pick you up and heal your wounds and, and, and heal your diseases and heal your life and restore you and love you, that's step number one. Make him your good Samaritan. I quiero recibir al Señor como tú, buen Samaritano, para que te vende las heridas y te levante. Step one's that. But from there, I think it's about Learning how to live in a different way and develop some habits in our lives. And habits are hard to develop, but, but it's, it's something we do out of freedom. Podemos después capacitarnos unos hábitos. Some of you, many of you may remember at the end of last year, we started talking about something I called the BELLS habits. Esta, he hablado de los hábitos BACHE, BELLS. B stands for BLESS. Just bless people through your week. Fi- find some people to bless. Do something for them. Bendecir a las personas. Eat. Eat with people. Not just with the people you like and love. Maybe try to eat with somebody you don't know. Puedes aprender de las personas y aprender de la palabra de Dios para transmitirla. Listen. Listen to people. Listen to God. And you can figure out how you can be of help. Hay que comer con las personas. Learn. Learn from God's word. Learn from people. Take that position of humility. I que hablar de las buenas noticias de Jesús con palabras y hechos. And finally, speak out. Speak the good news of Jesus with words and with deeds. I que escuchar a las personas y al Espíritu Santo. These are habits. And again, we do this not out of guilt, but out of grace. I believe grace is the, the single most impressive motivating factor in the world. Grace will motivate you way more than guilt will. La gracia te motiva mucho más que la culpabilidad. In fact, in three Sundays, in three weeks, I want to invite you to an adventure of grace with me. We're going to have another one of what we call our Love Your Neighbors Sundays. Vamos a tener un domingo para amar al prójimo. This is after our worship time. We'll get together in different assigned groups and in partnership with Love in the Name of Christ, which is a local ministry, we're going to go out and deliver some uh, mattresses, blankets, things of need to our neighbors in the Tulare community and we're going to go out of our way to love on them, to show compassion to them. Vamos a amar a nuestro prójimo con una agencia de loving para entregar cochones, cobijas, cosas al vecindario. It will be a wonderful opportunity to, to practice a habit. You don't get extra points with God, sorry. That's not how it works. It's because you want to. We want to invite you to that. The third thing, okay, so get in touch with his amazing grace, start learning these habits. The third thing I think is we need to be able to tell the story, our story and Jesus' story to other people. I que contar la historia de Jesús y de nosotros. What was it like for you? Can you in just a minute or two tell the story of what it was like when Jesus Christ found you on the side of the road? ¿Cómo fue cuando Jesús te encontró en el camino? Can you explain in in just a minute or two what it is Jesus, the good Samaritan, has done? How his death, how his resurrection binds up the wounds of your heart and your life? ¿Puedes explicar cómo Jesús ha muerto, ha resucitado para sanar nuestro mundo quebrantado? That's why we're having this class in, in, in One More Sunday, the What I Believe class with, with our elder Cody. Por eso la clase En Que Creo... We want, we want to be clear on what it is, that w- the story that we have to tell, and we want to invite you to take advantage of that, not just for yourself, but for the benefit of somebody in your life that maybe is on the roadside bleeding right now. Queremos ayudarles a, a tener en claro esto. I'll tell you a little story. Last month, uh, I was on a, a, an overnight flight, an overnight trip to Denver, and I was on an airplane. Estaba en un vuelo a Denver hace un, un mes. And I found myself sitting next to a man 85 years old, from Central America. Didn't speak English. Un hombre de Central America de 85 años estaba a mi lado. And it soon became evident as I was looking at this guy, what he was reading became evident to to me that he was a part of what I would call a pseudo-Christian sect, okay? Some Christian stuff, but a lot not Christian, okay? It's one of those groups, and you can kind of Figure out what that might be. Era parte de una secta no cristiana, pero como media falsa, ¿verdad? And so eventually we started to talk, and he began to preach to me. He was going to convert me. Okay, Quería convertirme. And I thought, I got this. I'm a pastor. I can debate this. I can talk to this guy about where he's all messed up, and so I can do this. Yo puedo debatir teología con ese hombre, and I thought, yeah, great. Then in a moment, there was this nudge in my spirit and this sense inside of me that said, no, don't argue with the man. Love him. No debatas con él. Amalo. So I listened. Escuché. He told me what he believed, and I said, that's that's interesting. I don't believe that. I believe in Jesus, but tell me more más. He told me about his family, about his past, about this and that. We landed, aterrizamos, and as we're getting out of the plane, it became evident to me this man was not only lost spiritually, he was lost physically. He did not know how to get to his next flight. No sabía llegar a su próximo vuelo. So we went to the monitors. I helped him find his gate. Le ayudé a su puerta. I walked him to his gate. We're talking all along. Lo acompañé a su puerta. Got to the gate. He did not have his boarding pass. No tenía pasaje. So I talked with him. I interpreted, didn't know any English, interpreted with the gate agent to get his boarding pass. He his boarding pass. He didn't know where the bathroom was. Couldn't even find the Okay, there's the bathroom. Ahí está el I think I may have given him a granola bar or something like that. I had my pack. Le di una granola. It was so interesting because we're walking along. He's telling me all these things. He says, you know, most people don't want to listen to me. Uh, you're a really good listener. I mean, you're really good at this. La gente no me quiere escuchar, pero tú sabes escuchar muy bien. You're a good pastor, he said to me. Eres un buen pastor. And I paused. I said, no, I'm not. You don't know me. (laughs) I'm just trying to follow the good shepherd. Just trying. Estoy intentando seguir al buen pastor. Now, I tell you that story because it's probably the one story I've got of me actually going out of my way. That's it. Now, I'm not telling that story because, because, hey, look what I did. When you're on an adventure with Jesus, sometimes he's going to take you out of your way. And it is only his compassion that can help you to do that. Solo la compasión de Jesús te puede ayudar. So I want to ask us all this week, who might Jesus be leading us to go out of our way for? Where might he be taking us outside of our routine? ¿A dónde nos quiere llevar Jesús fuera de la rutina esta semana? Don't know. But why don't we just take a moment right now and ask Jesus, the good Samaritan, to help us with that, okay? Okay. Vamos a pedir que Jesús, el buen samaritano, nos ayude. Jesus, you have come to set the captives free. And it is gospel to my soul. It is good news to know that you have picked me up from the side of the curb of life. Buenas noticias que nos has levantado del camino de la vida. Each one of us who has encountered your amazing grace can tell a story of how we were bleeding and broken. God, I pray that that would motivate us in a positive way. Lord, we can never follow the rules perfectly. We can never be perfect. No podemos seguir las reglas. But you didn't call us to follow the rules. You called us to follow you. Help us to do that. Ayúdanos a seguirte a ti. This week, God, you'll be putting people in our paths. Sometimes we'll, we'll get it right, and sometimes we'll stop and help. Other times we may keep going. In both of those times, Lord, help us. Help us to be increasingly open to loving to giving, to caring so that we can simply pass on what you've given to us. Cada vez más que nos hagas compasivos para poder transmitirnos lo que nos has dado. Thank you, Jesus, for being our good neighbor. Gracias que tú eres nuestro buen prójimo, Señor Jesús. It's in your name we pray. In tu nombre. Amén.